Episode 5, It's a Small World. The whirling confusion of the fact that no one speaks the same language, but we're all communicating on a worldwide basis with tools that are incomprehensibly advanced, is in stark contrast to Disney's iconic theme ride. responding to the very real desire for people to come together and find common ground. Countless books and films touch on this idea. But it's pretty hard to reach each other when we can't even understand what the other person is saying, nor they us. The movie Borat illustrates this point, I think. Despite the self-titled premise, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit, Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan, it's actually a film in English and Hebrew, not English and Kazakhstani. Sasha Cohen is speaking Hebrew when his character Borat is speaking Kazakhstani. That's funny and works because so many people have no idea what Hebrew or Kazakhstani sound like. Today, the people of the world have unprecedented access to one another, and yet not only can they not speak the same language, they oftentimes can't even recognize what language the other is speaking. One thing's for sure though, subtitles in movies are actually becoming okay, which was unheard of 10 years ago. Just go to the multiplex or turn on your TV. Pan's Labyrinth, Apocalypto, the TV show Lost. American audiences, for example, that swore they would not read a movie are buying tickets for a theatrical experience in Spanish or Mayan. Some of these films with major cultural themes are making it all the way to the Academy Awards. Could this be because people are interested in other cultures? I got an email from a girl in Houston, Texas. It's about the subtitling that fans do of anime movies. Dear Language Frontier, I love the show. It's very interesting and really hits home. As a fan of anime or Japanese animation, a lot of us miss a lot of great shows because they don't get translated for whatever reason. Some of us literally learn Japanese just so we can watch the shows, and some people do subtitle sheets, fan subs, so other people can watch. But it's a problem, and a lot of people are missing out on great shows because of the language barrier. That's Kim from Houston. Thanks for sending that in, Kim. The information superhighway is paving the way, and people that would never have encountered one another are face-to-face -face online. And entertainment, which is the great mirror of the world, is reflecting this phenomenon. Has this been happening since the explosion of the web? It seems that each day that passes, this ad hoc infrastructure becomes more crystallized. What kind of infrastructure will it be? Will it be solid, or will it be weak and thrown together with gaping holes? Will it be lazily built? fly by the seat of your pants, or are we going to put some real effort and planning into it? 
The Roman Empire used a well-built infrastructure that was based off of Grecian governing principles on top of a rock-solid foundation of the Latin language, which endured for centuries upon centuries. Compare that with today's multinational corporation economic empire and ask yourselves what foundation is this built on? Does it have a unifying language? Obviously not. There's no standard. And since that is governing the planet, the lack of a standard is leaking into every aspect of our lives. The Romans had an elaborate communication relay system. We've developed an infinitely more far-reaching and instantaneous way of contacting each other. The global landscape has changed and transformed completely since the 1960s when the world population crossed into the 3 billion mark. The world population has doubled since then. It is a new world, and with new media like podcasts and digital information available for free and 24-7, we finally have an opportunity to know the people who share time with us on this planet. Obviously, that wasn't possible before the digital revolution. That's exactly what we're talking about here. Language barrier in a time where we have unparalleled ability to communicate with one another. The irony is glaring, wouldn't you say? It's embarrassing, really. I'm surprised more hasn't happened already. I mean, the idea that we can't communicate, it's so archaic in this day and age. We are in the advent of a communication revolution. The communication arena is exploding. You can actually watch this show on your TV with Apple TV. Anyone can put out a show, and anyone can watch it on the traditional medium, their TV. Source, we'll be having our fourth in the series of similar tutorials, this time talking about rendering and transcoding. From my kitchen at 3 in the morning, I'm Aaron Newcomb, and you're watching The Source. We didn't stop there. We set out to devise the most torturous computing experience ever created. Culling the worst from Windows CE, Windows ME, and Windows NT, we codenamed the new project Windows Cement, the first operating system specifically designed to sink employee morale and weigh computers down like a stone. This is not just entertainment. This is communication. Just by the fact that you're watching this show, you're miles ahead. Go out on the street and ask people if they know what a podcast is or Apple TV. But what is the obstacle that's ever present? It's the language barrier, which is why we're doing this show. We're looking for solutions to help us deal with this formidable barrier people collide with on a daily basis. What if the language barrier were to be eliminated overnight? How could that possibly happen? Well. The Language Frontier podcast was actually inspired by the movie Rune, a film about a primordial language everyone can understand. Let's look at a clip from Rune's press kit. Rune is 
is about transcending language barriers. It's like a concept film, and the concept is that we all speak, we all in, have an innate ability to understand the mother language, like the Tower of Babel language. The film is a mystery type of a, of a story. It's about the way we communicate with one another. Uh, it's about overcoming the barriers that stand between uh, you and me and anyone. At a time when there was a lot of talk about oil wars, energy, secret meaning, material sense, power, force, big power companies. Love is the only one about, and I was interested in the um, language that was shared between that type of that all so the song really was written backwards. The it was put out for the iPod and the iPhone, which is pretty cool. For the Zune too, but I don't know what's going on with that. The Zune, I mean, or if they're even still making it. But that's a problem for Bill Gates, not me. When I first arrived from my country, I um, I was kind of scared because uh, because uh, uh, I couldn't understand other people and they couldn't understand me. It was very isolating for me. Uh, but I'm glad it's a thing of the past. Cross-cultural fear, in part the cause of many wars. When someone is surrounded by people who they can't understand, it can be a frightening experience, definitely isolating. But there's a positive spin to that, and it's cross-cultural mystique, which is nice. It's why people go on trips. They like to get immersed in another culture. But you would have to be living inside a vacuum not to know that there are two sides to this, and the fear aspect to the cross-cultural experience is very real and it's tied to the dividing element in different languages. also tied in with geopolitical differences, let alone going into the United Nations on any given day and looking in on one of the discussions they're having, it's non-stop interpreters babbling and no one knows what they're saying. 
There have been studies put out on the difficulty of translating in real time. Translators face lengthy periods of interpreting, confinement in the interpreter's booth, background noise, and awareness that major decisions may depend upon the accuracy of their work. Accuracy, that's at the crux of this dilemma. The interpreter has to remember what has just been said, listen to what is currently being said, and anticipate what's going to be said next. One writer put it this way, and I'm quoting, As you start a sentence, you are taking a leap in the dark. You are mortgaging your grammatical future. The original sentence may suddenly be turned in such a way that your translation of its end cannot easily be reconciled with your translation of its start. Great nimbleness is called for to guide the mind through this syntactical maze, whilst at the same time it is engaged upon the work of word translation. And that's from R. Clement. It's surprising that once people started doing transcontinental telephone calls that a common language wasn't used. It's surprising. I can actually see how that would have happened, but for some reason it didn't. What can I say? But now it looks like we have an opportunity like that, but with a few more billion people participating than at the time of the transcontinental call innovation. From what I know about transcontinental calls, they were between Europe and the Americas, and that was it. And they were prohibitively expensive. Now, with things like Skype, iSight, internet phone service, or voice over IP, podcasting, or just online chatting, the world is listening so a language like Esperanto might actually start to sound appealing. Think about it. Everyone learns one simple alternative language and they can be understood by everyone else. Here's an interview sent in by a musician in Indiana who talks about collaboration issues he's having with regard to language. I do electronic music that's part of a rather obscure scene. I compose a lot using low-bit video game consoles and 8-bit home computers. I like the sounds. The thing is, I don't know a lot of people who do it, so finding people to collaborate is a rarity. Yeah, not that many people do it. It's definitely a niche form of making music. It's, it's definitely a niche. Well, I've been trying to collaborate with some guys uh, I know in Europe that I met on MySpace. And we have the tools, the web and MIDI sequences that we can send back and forth, things like that, but you know, we get hung up with, with communicating what we're trying to accomplish. You know, they both speak a little English, but I speak no German and no Czech, so there you are. I mean, they're, they're the universal musical terms like crescendo and adagio, which are actually Italian words. But there are variations on what those terms mean, so, yeah, it's hard to communicate. Even though he can collaborate with these other people in Europe, which is a great opportunity, it's breaking down for them in terms of just telling each other what they want to do. How might this be different if they all even read just basic Esperanto? They're just writing back and forth in email anyway. Next week we'll bring it full circle and get into these universal languages we've been talking about, especially the most viable, Esperanto.
spirits falling out of the sky Out of the sky, cathedral People rain, the rain is dry Out of the sky, cathedral Falling to the ground Now we can't get up Towers of Babel Falling down See how time's better Prophets falling out of the sky Out of the sky, cathedral Paper airplane sailing by Out of the sky, cathedral Buddha's falling to the ground Now they can't get out Towers of Babel falling down See how time's better localization. Uh, presently I am doing in uh, REL, Fedora, Genome, uh, KD, Mozilla and OpenOffice. And uh, basically I am interested in uh, promoting Fedora usage. I like to see almost all the cyber cafes running on Fedora soon and uh, hopefully people will interact with uh, the localized interface as well. That's it. So, I heard that you just got um, accepted into the GNOME project. Yeah, uh, basically it is something like uh, you need to have a coordinatorship for the GNOME project for the localization translation project issues. So, just uh, recently I got into the, I mean, the CVS access and the coordinatorship for the GNOME. So, this will actually basically allow me to a uh, free uh, project submission into GNOME. Okay. All, all related to the localization stuff. Okay. And I'm uh, looking forward for my community members to come in and try. Okay. That's it. A new speculative fiction film titled after one of the ancient alphabets, Rune, poses the question, what if the language barrier were to be eliminated overnight? What if indeed there were no more language barrier on the planet? There are about 1,400 distinct languages in Africa. 
it's like thousands of other dialects on top of that. You know, it's kind of crazy. Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.